Saturday morning, that means it's time for Michael Nesco's Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network, bringing all the great music and interviews to you every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today we got a really good interview, a very special guest, an artist, a producer from uh, San Francisco Bay Area, Marin County, Los Angeles, all over California, Mr. John Rewind. Welcome to Renegade Rock, John. Hey, thank you, Mike. 
it's great to have you on here. I, I've, like I was telling you earlier, I, I first heard of you, you know, when you were producing Holly Stanton. That must have been right. a, a fun, a fun adventure. You guys, yeah, were... she was one. Of, she was one of my guitar students, and no way, we, really. Yeah, and so we. I just thought it, she sounded like Stevie Nicks, kind of. She so did. Thought, she did. I said, well, let's let's cut uh, just a little by the Bo Brummel. So we did a demo of that, and that led to an album eventually yeah i played temptation all the time on the show it's, <laughs> yeah it's i played bass on that on this big huge one of those pv bases it's funny you know, when that, you listen to the production on those 80s records or was that late 70s uh that was like 80, 80 yeah right yeah. in that and yeah i think 80 everything's so dry you know the drums and everything it's so dry uh, well you know you know everybody was still doing the <laughs> 1970s five wallet drum sound exactly you know? so john yeah. what what uh, what uh, what was it like uh, doing that where did you guys do that record that holly stand record? Uh, we had a little studio called cora sound up in san rafael that i I've heard of that. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And was that, um, is that around by Hun Sound there? Yeah. No, no, no. It was up in Northgate. Oh, Northgate. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was just a little eight track studio. And I took all my gear after I left the Hoodoo Rhythm Devils and put it you there. You were in the Hoodoo Rhythm Devil? That was one of the original members. Wow. That's fantastic. You guys were pretty big in the Bay Area when I was living. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess we got around. <laughs> and we've gone back through all of our tapes pretty much reissued stuff now we're putting out stuff that never came out oh well that's cool yeah so you did you, holly's, you, know, you did holly's record on an eight track yeah on an otari oh, wow that's crazy it sounds great yeah well we were learning you know every time you do one you're learning more of course of how to do how to do it and what's holly up to these days uh she is the whole body person at whole earth i mean at what are they called whole foods wow in mill valley she's been doing that 20 years or so and she kept recording we did a whole nother record called we all used to drive darts and valiants from the sixth so when she needed a car we got her a valiant so we called the album the valiant years because <laughs> you know you know people are always talking about the salad days. Hey, i had a valiant too man that, that car was essential i drove 66 dodge dart station wagons for 45 years oh. Oh, man, you know we were living living the life, right? Paying our <laughs> pay, paying our dues, right? So, John, coming bailing wire. Yeah. Who, who who got you started in the music world? Was was, was you out of a musical family or? Uh, no, I saw Cubby on the Mouseketeers, and I went, I want to play the drum. And then I'd watch the guy, uh, Johnny Klein, on Lawrence Welk. So I started taking drum lessons from a guy named Bill Zikos. So that was your first instrument, drum? Yeah, Bill Zikos is the guy that invented the clear drum. The Visalite? Well, the, the one that Fibes or whoever Fibes, they are right, pinched, yeah. pinched his idea, but it was Bill Zikos that invented it. Was that he's, in he's the Bay made, Area? Was that in the Bay no, no, he was out of Kansas City. Kansas this is City, all taking okay. place in Kansas City. So where are you born, John? Kansas City, Missouri. No way. Yeah. 
I, I've we I played Wichita. I've got lots of friends in Wichita. I've been through Kansas. Oh City. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So so the, who who was your inspiration then? To uh, oh well, on drums it was you know Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Per- yeah. Period. So I would learn my life evolved around the Gene Krupa of Buddy Rich drum battles and. Uh, Were you ever into Joe Morello? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was into all all of them, but I broke my a guy backed a car up over my ankle uh, one day. And that ended your drum career, right? Yeah, I couldn't kick, so I bought a $5 Silvertone guitar from a guy named Roger Calkin. And you still remember his name. That's great. Well, I worked for him in San Francisco. He had Roger Calkin music. Where was that? Was that at? On Market Street. Wow. You must be just a few years older than me. I'm 76. Oh, you are. You're eight years older. (laughs) I I lived in San Francisco from 72 to 97. Oh, really? Well, Roger was gone in 72, but he had a music store, and he sold all the custom amps to everybody, to Credence and all everybody. Oh, I used to want one of those so bad. (laughs) I know that guy, when I was in high school, a guy named David Gates that played with a band called... The guy from Bread? No, no. No, another guy by the same name. And he uh, went to Tijuana over Easter vacation once and had his 57 Chevy rolled and pleated. And he um, came back to Kansas City and he said, oh, yeah, and while I was at it, I had my speaker cabinet done, too. And Buddy Ross was in the band. He was the guitar player in the slider. And uh, he looks over at this thing and goes... That was the so he, origin of custom amps? Absolutely. And then Buddy bought a factory oh, cool. factory way out in Kansas, an empty factory, and it had belonged to the Army. And they just left all the parts there when he bought it. So he built custom amps out of Army parts <laughs> with these rolled and bleated bottoms. That is nuts, man. Oh, Buddy Ross. Oh, yeah, that's a nuts story. Buddy Ross got so far in debt and taxed and everything that he was on the lamb. He was hiding out. And then they discovered oil under the land of his factory in Chanute, Kansas. So all of a sudden, he was back in the... He's in Beverly Hills, he, right? Yeah. Well, then he came, you know, got a plane and was going to Vegas all the time. And uh, he then did Road, a company called Road Amps, and then... And he did Ross Electronics, I think. Wow. He just passed away a while ago. Now, that's something I would have never known to my dying no. day, except for today, that you told me that. <laughs> I, I mean, really, I mean, how many bands, I mean, who was the band that really pushed uh, custom? It was Credence, I think, right? Oh, yeah, Credence yeah. Clearwater, yeah. Well, I have the dubious honor of blowing up John Fogarty's amps. Because <laughs> we opened for him in um, the Civic Center in San Francisco, and I he had a big double Marshall cabinet. What band was cousin. that? The Hoodoo Rhythm Devils? No, no, it was a band called Marble Farm. I don't, right reme- the, I don't remember those right guys. The, well, we were 67 to 69. Oh, okay. And then, then we did the Hoodoo Rhythm Devils. When San Francisco was still great. Oh, yeah, I moved there in 67 when it was still better than worse, and then watched it as it got to be 68 and 69 into worse than better. So, th- so then you were playing guitar, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden you decided, well, this is going to be the instrument or you... Oh, yeah, yeah. I started going and watching Roger Calkins and the Silvertones in Kansas City and just, you know, was fascinated by the lead player and just there was how I learned how to play. I memorized the Freddie King record that 
called Let's Dance Away and Hide Away. That's a great record. That's a great record. So I memorized that record is how I learned to play guitar. And then, you know, by the time my um, ankle was recuperated from being broken, I was well engulfed in Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Bo Diddley, Chuck Berry. The best of the best. Buddy Holly. So, uh, you know, and the drums was so much work. Did you ever work with Addie Lee? No. She's on the new Blindside Blues Bear. I just thought I'd ask you because she's a Bay Area artist. Oh, no. She was in Fanny. Remember Fanny? Oh, yeah, yeah. We opened for them at the Whiskey Go-Go in L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that was the Hoodoo Rhythm Devils. So then did you start your your own band after you learned the guitar? Uh, Uh, Yeah, a, a band called The Night. And we recorded some. And, you know, we were just like every other. 60s band. band. With, yeah, yeah, with our, uh, you know, no lapel jackets, <laughs> matching everything. You Those know, were great twe- times, though, weren't they? They were just Oh, the yeah, best. little tweed amps. And, and also our band, The Knights. I'm still in contact with my friend uh, Tom Cummings, who was the drummer, who was way beyond. He was an j- incredible jazz drummer that loved rock and roll. So you find me that combination, other than Mitch Mitchell, maybe. <laughs> right, right, right. But he he's the kind that could play a shuffle for a week and a half and wouldn't play. <laughs> yeah, and, well, that's, and the pretty, guy also, that's pretty rare. Yeah, so we had the great drummer, and you got a great drummer. You average everything else. So I was kind of a, a average lead player. I've got a track. <laughs> I did when I was 16, if you want to play that. Yeah, we can play whatever you want, John. Oh, and it's called The Night. So, uh, The Night, yes. That's where I got going in the guitar and taught a friend of mine how to play the bass. And what was your <laughs> so first pre- professional gig? Was it in uh, The Night? Or? Yeah, The Night. No, no, no. Actually, I played drums with a band called The Satellite in 1959. Yeah, I was 12. I was 5. <laughs> yeah, this all these college guys and I played drums my dad would carry the drums that's pretty cool man yeah well I've been around it you know ever since my I can remember it so how did you get into producing you just got fed up with musicians Uh, or (laughs) yeah and then the game you know being produced by big famous incompetent producers (laughs) we won't mention any names I can (laughs) no we we won't do that no we'll just mention the good one he worked with Fred Catero wink wink nudge oh, nudge yes and yes. fred you knew fred right? yes oh and i learned what was going on because fred was real savvy of dealing with musicians or the producer wasn't particularly did you so, ever do anything at prairie sun in katati yeah i did a an album with john hartman the late john hartman from the doobie brothers wow. he hired he hired me and rick wilson a hot shot player from around here and um fred sampson you know him? Yeah, I just played Fred's tune a couple of weeks ago. He said There me, you go. He sent so me two for, of the, two of his tunes. I like it. Very talented guy. Yeah, I am. So he's he's the one that we reissued the Jimmy Dewar tune. Wow, you got that's right. You did work with James Dewar. Yeah, we did a tune that we refurbished. So how did you hook up with Davey? Through James? Uh or was that just from the being in the Bay Area? I think I think Jimmy mentioned him once or I can't remember. He was had just left Gamma, and we put together a group, 
and we were talking to um, Marty Cohen, who is Bruce Cohen's brother, the manager of the Doobie Brothers. Uh, Marty was another real character, but he was going to go to Warner Brothers and try and get a deal for Davey and I. So I played Robin, my trick, a tape of us on his tour bus and uh you know he hated it because he hates the way i do the way i do music although robin was actually produced a guitar record on 19 when his when his band fell apart and we met at a denny's in berkeley after his show one of his last shows with the original band jimmy and everybody i know the denny's and he told me, you know, because he just got wiped out by a crooked manager. This was um, Wilf Wright, who was before Derek. Wow. Derek, Derek's on the on the good side, and yes. Rolf, Rolf was a crook. Uh, Robin went on the road once, and while he was gone, Rolf put up Robin's house as collateral on a UFO <laughs> on a UFO record. <laughs> and the UFO record, the last wow. Bomb. Well, on that so, note, we're. We're going to take a little break here and go play another song from John Rewind, and we're going to be right back to continue that story.
Okay, we're back on Renegade Rock. We're talking with producer artist John Rewind. This guy's produced Davey Patterson, Holly Stan, James Dewar. John, to finish that story. Where were we? We were talking about uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Robin's well, house right. getting mortgaged. Yeah, so Robin comes off the road and they gets a notice from the Bank of England or Bank of Scotland or something. Uh, we're repos- repossessing your house. <laughs> and he goes, what? What? You know, because he was doing pretty well then. Yeah, I but, mean. But Wilf, Wilf had just ripped him off. And Robin's equipment was stolen twice, all, all of it. And they were inside jobs, if you know what I mean. You know yeah, what I mean? Yes, wink, wink. Yes, yes. Robin was out on the road and somebody opened opened a band opened for robin and the guy had a uh metallic red 60s strat it's just beautiful and robin was always heavy on checking out any strat so he goes over to the guy and goes um hey that's really a cool strat can i play it and the guy goes robin trower here sure you can have it it's about so robin plays on it and he goes where'd you get this and he says oh i traded it for some blow from a guy named wilf because <laughs> it was robin's guitar no way oh yeah and i've over the years i've run into stuff uh steve ferris that played with mr mister i went to a sound check out in concord when they were playing there and he goes hey check out these uh old 67 68 marshall heads 100 watts here's plexis and all this stuff i looked at it he said i said where'd you get all those and he goes oh they used to belong to robin trower (laughs) (laughs) and i said i don't think i'd tell me that tale (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna see guys in blue showing up so tell me how you got davy into the studio or did he call you to do his first solo record or Uh, oh we just started working on stuff um and then he was getting you know petrified bored when Robin wasn't touring. Robin didn't, didn't treat him all that great either. Well, so, yeah, yeah. So, so we, you know, I just, I had a studio and I, Davey and I clicked on, you know, where we come from and where we're going musically. And so I just said, well, come on, let's do an album and we'll split it. So, you know, he came in there and we started pulling songs together with some of our friends. Was Joe that Nudes. Mississippi Nights or the, what's the other track? Uh, he, he came to my studio just to finish that one. He had half of it already done somewhere. Okay. And then he came to my studio and said, can we just finish it? And that's where we clicked. <clears throat> I'm telling you, Miss, then, Mississippi Nights, I told Davey, that song encompasses everything you would want to know about Davey Patterson and his voice. Is in oh, that, it, is in that yeah. song, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that fact, guy could—he could sing a song about going on the toilet and make it sound godlike, you know? <laughs> Shopping for cereal, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and Davey's so great too to work with because he, he, is. I, he I, would show up and uh, I'd say, well, "Aren't you going to warm up or something?" And he'd go, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm ready." Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I did an acoustic yeah. duo with him for a while uh, in Marin County uh, when I. In 93, when, when I just first did a record for Shrapnel, and I was like, are you kidding me? I have to sing a song after Davey Patterson sings yeah, a song? Yeah. No way. Yeah. It no, was humbling. He, it was humbling, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, so quite he, an artist. So who wrote uh, Mr. Henpecked? Is that a, one, one of your that's, songs? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, I, I worked with a guy who, uh, he wrote a song called um, 
cold operator and the guy that was the bass player in his band moved to England and joined Sade and then here came Smooth Operator right I love that song right so my friend went to court sued got a big chunk of money because this Sade didn't know she was being duped you know right, if somebody right. you're in a band and somebody goes hey there's this song I wrote and you didn't write it she wouldn't have known that he didn't write his part because he only wrote one song in his life what a coincidence so this guy made a big bunch of money off of that hey I wish I had one song that I could live off like oh yeah, yeah. I, don't you wish you were uh, see the motor running hey I, I, I remember Davey and I were doing the, our <laughs> acoustic duo in, in some pub in, in San, Santa Rosa and I and I go Davey look at who's at the bar over there and he goes that's Norman Greenbaum <laughs> yeah and, and he there just you go. and he just got all that money from the United Airlines commercial and the Apollo, yeah, Apollo 13 talk, movie yeah talk about the prime example of the one hit wonder I man. know man it's just you would all love to have that oh yeah big mailbox money so producing is, is a challenge I mean it's funny how you listen to everybody's every producer has his own style how did your producing style develop over the years John oh just kind of um, oh learning from Fred how you do it and then making a little studio Hartman John Hartman was always on the road with the Dewey Brothers and he had a little studio so he said hey here's the keys you know do whatever you want so I just had a four track T act that he had boy those were the just, those were the things in the day though I, oh, I, yeah. I wanted one of those so bad yeah and then so we just started cutting songs and then Janet Minto that was the famous Janet Planet the ex Janet Morrison right ex Van Morrison she brought her group Sweet Tooth and we started recording them because one of the guys you're I probably old guy, enough you remember the Keystone in oh, San yeah. Francisco yeah we the I jazz heard, club I, the loudest thing I've ever heard louder than Trower louder than Ted Nugent not the Stone the Keystone Corners oh absolutely it was North in Beach. that club in that club that you're talking about, Keystone Corner, Charlie Daniels with a twin. No way. With JBLs and Les Pauls. Loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and the cleanest although, thing, although, right? Yeah. I think it broke two or three pair of glasses. Louder than Ted Nugent at Winterland through those big giant fenders? Yeah, yeah 16 twins. Yeah. No, actually, one is louder because I sat in with Robin Trower at Westlake, Bob Margoloff mix. You know, the guy that did Stevie Wonder. Right, it was that in L.A., right? Yeah, and his way of mixing is smoking a joint and playing the mix at like 120 dB, I mean. <laughs> and I had TMJ then, which was like a jaw disorder. Right, and right. I just grit my teeth so much that I got a migraine. I had to go out and sit in my car, take some meds. It's just, gosh, I mean, how? And you can't mix that way, but. No, you can't. I remember, I'm not gonna, we used to I'm mix out the oratones at low volume. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I got in an argument with uh, the guy at Fantasy. You know, I can't remember his name at the moment. It'll come to me. That used to master. Oh, George Horn. I yes. He used to master everything. So yeah, I he did. Was I was mastering a record by the Dynatone that I produced called. Uh, I know the bass player, Randy McDonald. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a buddy. He plays too. with uh, Tommy Castro now, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And they're out going all going gangbusters at the moment. In fact, Randy has his own side band now. You know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, where was... Oh, the... the 
<clears throat> Dynatones record. And George Horn, you know, he was playing them back through these big speakers or whatever. And I said, well, can I, hey, let me hear it the way you're doing it through the Oratones. He said, well, why would you want to hear them through those? You don't need to hear them through those. Okay, we're just about out of time. John, I want to thank you for coming on. Tell us what you're doing nowadays. What's going on nowadays? Oh, I have a little modern, tiny studio set up, you know, with a Mac and a couple of speakers and a couple of uh, monitors and sit here and play with my Variac with a, with a Novak's neck on it and uh, through some pod stuff and some of the uh, Kemper Profiler stuff in I a plug-in. I love the pod. I've done so yeah. many records with the pod. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's a thing called STL Tones now that's a plug-in. I'll have to check of, that out. Of some Kemper Profile stuff, so you don't need the whole Kemper Profile head. You can just get plug-ins of it now. Have you tried a Kemper? No, I've never heard of it. Ooh. It's a profiler where people all over the world have taken their 1939 telephone microphone and put it in front of a 57 Tweed Deluxe with a 59 Cherry Sunburst Les Paul and, oh, and recorded it and so all you have to do is click on that setting and you got his sound. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm just dipping my big toe into it now and learning it. <laughs> so John, what advice do you have for any upcoming musician or somebody that wants to get into the music business, producing, directing, whatever? Uh, enjoy what you're doing and then think about if you want to be in the music business because there isn't one anymore. Yes. Isn't that sad? Uh, if you love playing it because that's how you started, you didn't pick up a guitar one day and said, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars. Right. You pick it up and go, ooh, I wonder if I can sound like Alan Wolf, Muddy Waters. We all do this because uh, we, we love it. That's why we all do it. Yeah, exactly. It's not something that we'd ever quit. So, yeah. Well, John, and and uh, do, do that. Forget about the rest. You know, that or make a, a rap record <laughs> yeah <laughs> nah nah <laughs> well John I've been a fan of your producing style and your music for a long time I really appreciate you coming on Renegade Rock we'll be featuring some of your solo stuff but we play Davies solo records all the time and all Holly, right. we play Holly Stanton John thanks for coming on Renegade Rock okay you're very welcome have a good one thank you <laughs>